coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. And the most important thing that I mentioned before is, man, maintain your reputation at all costs, no matter what, because that, you know, it can take you 50 years to build a great reputation and one bad deal to ruin it. So protect it at all costs. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Past the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Mark Owens, a successful real estate entrepreneur. As a matter of fact, he's so successful, he and his wife are going to be uh, getting into RVing very, very soon and traveling across the country wherever they decide that they want to go. So Mark has been doing this for a good number of years, and we get into some of his techniques that he's used over the years to develop a real real estate portfolio that includes about a hundred properties at this point. So he's got a great network of, of income generating assets. But what we really focus on is some other techniques that Mark has developed or, or uh, strengths, I should say, that he's realized that he's very, very good at basically networking and creating networks and groups of people in all types of settings and all types of platforms. He does this simply as you know, meetups or meetings and restaurants to online platforms. As a matter of fact, again, I mentioned that one of his new passions is RVing. Uh, he is uh, just about ready to to start a brand new RV uh, Facebook networking group. And we get into some of the techniques that he has used and is going to use uh, to build these networks. So uh, I know I learned quite a bit by listening to Mark and, and interacting with Mark. And I suggest that if you're interested in creating a, a network on any platform or any outlet that you listen to this episode and learn how Mark has been able to generate his success over a good number, many of years. Enjoy this episode with Mark Owens on Past the Secret Sauce. That's a interesting question. So it, it was just, I mean, I grew up, I was born in 1965. So things were a lot different back then. My mother worked my, I was from a broken home, and so it was my mom and I alone a lot, and then a stepfather came along, and then he didn't last, and then another one came along. So, but most of our dinner time conversations were, you know, how's dinner? How's the hot dog? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. I mean, it was never any discussion of money or anything like that. I grew up in Baltimore City in a very blue-collar, lower-middle-class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, you know, we didn't have conversations about, you know, wealth management, wealth creation, mm-hmm. you know, benefits of compound interest or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start catching on to, you know, your entrepreneurial or, or latching onto an entrepreneurial bug early on in life? Or is this something that didn't hit you until a little bit later? 
No, I had always had it when I was a kid. And again, things were different back then, but I used to have a newspaper route. I actually had a couple of them where I would go deliver newspapers every day. And then, you know, once a month go around with a little book and collect money from people. And I was probably 10 or 11 years old when I had my first newspaper route. Okay. And, um, used to go knocking on doors whenever it snowed. To me, that's like money falling out of the sky. So, you know, every time it snowed, I'd be knocking on all the doors in the neighborhood. I was, by the time I was 12 or 13, I was cutting lawns in the neighborhood, you know, mm-hmm. knocking on doors. And uh, so I'd kind of always had that thing because I saw the thing with entrepreneurs and I didn't realize this at the time, I wasn't able to verbalize it at that young of an age, but I realized that, you know, if I'm willing to do the work, I can make some money. Mm-hmm. And my friends that aren't willing to do the work, they're not making any money. So mm-hmm. it's like, I can just go knock on the doors and work for, you know, 20, 30 minutes and make a buck. Mm-hmm. And that's when it, I think that's the fuel that lit the fire for me. It was yeah. just the opportunity. It was there. We were poor. I didn't have a lot of money. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's great. And so, so that was sort of your first, I, I guess you could say your first dipping your toe into the business world. When, when was the first, you know, true quote unquote business that you, that you opened or started? It was, I would say that was probably in my mid thirties. I was, I was a biochem major and I was working at some different labs and I'd gotten laid off and this was like in my early thirties. And then I switched majors to IT and uh, got in the IT business and all the jobs that I got were as a consultant. Like, you know, I was actually all that meant is temp, but they call you a consultant. It's that's like a glorified way of saying it. And uh, I just saw that there really weren't a lot of, how do I put this, stable jobs. Like when I grew up, it was, you know, you go, it was like the poor dad mentality. You go get a job at a good company with good benefits and you stay there forever. And mm-hmm. after 40 years, you get a gold watch. And there was a transition occurring, you know, in the 90s where like that stuff was going away. And we were entering like this new information age where it was very easy to have people, you know, in India taking your phone calls for you. Mm-hmm. And so things really started to change rapidly. And I'd, I saw that there was really not a lot of upside to working for someone else that uh, it seemed riskier to me than going out on my own. So I started my own IT training company and I trained as an independent consultant. I I'd started training in colleges all over the Maryland, Pennsylvania area. And, and then I started hiring other trainers to train classes that I couldn't do. And that's, that's really like the first real business that I started. That's great. That's great. So how were you, how were you getting some of those first initial contacts? Like how were you, were you again, going around knocking on college doors and and saying, Hey, this is something that I figured out. And when I was first started teaching in, in these computer things, I was an independent contractor. And I worked for this company called Leap It or Leap IT. And there was a lady that worked there and she would pick which instructors pick, you know, taught specific classes. And we were getting paid. I was making a hundred bucks an hour teaching these classes. And I, I realized that, man, you know, like my work's going to slow down. I don't have anything. Let me call her up. And I kept calling her and I, mm-hmm. and I started establishing a relationship with her. And then what happened was when a class came up that I was qualified for, I would be the first one she called because I'm the one that's always calling her to mm-hmm. say, I'm not always calling saying, Hey, you got any classes? Hey, Laura, what's up? How's everything? You know, you guys were going on vacation, how'd it go? And just in establishing those relationships, I didn't realize the importance of that at the time. I was just, you know, in it 
for like, you know, my time horizon at, at that point was just like a month or two down the line. Now it's mm -hmm. 10 years down the line. And once I got into that and I got a job working for another company working at these colleges, I kind of saw that, okay, well, if this company goes away, then I'm kind of stuck. So let me go ahead and start talking to these people in the colleges that hire people to train, you know, teach these classes and start to establish those relationships. And I did. Then they started calling me and mm -hmm. uh, I had so much work that I was able to start subbing it out. And I started a company doing this where I would sub it out to other instructors. And what happened, and this is, this applies to, you know, any business or real estate or anything. What happened was the economy started to turn in the IT business where I was teaching these Microsoft certification classes. They were expensive. We were paid very well for doing our job. But I knew at the time, like, this wasn't going to last. Like, I'm way overpaid. I'm making 100 bucks an hour teaching classes that, you know, it's like, it's just out of a book. And I knew it wasn't going to last. And so what I did was, you know, I just started establishing the relationships with people and setting myself up so that in the event that this thing falls apart, which it eventually did, that I would be okay. And mm -hmm. the funny thing is that when this business started to really slow down, other instructors were having a hard time finding any work at all. And I was getting more work than I could handle due to the relationships that I had established. Mm -hmm. And so that way I was able to start calling other trainers. I would bill them out at 125 an hour. I would pay them 80 bucks an hour. I'm making $45 an hour. And they're the ones going to work teaching the class. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a while. And that's when, you know, when I really started to see like the true benefit of establishing, you know, networks and having a good reputation. Yeah, no, makes perfect sense. And, and, can you talk about some of the things that you do today to establish those networks? Do you, have you, obviously you've, you've learned, you've evolved, you've grown. What are, what are some of the techniques that you use today to let's say stay in touch with people? Do you have any, any tips on that? Because I know I, I establish relationships all the time and then, you know, life happens and you kind of sure. lose touch and you know, how do you, how do you re-engage those types of people or what are, what are some of your tips? I want to back up a second and just talk about this networking thing. Like this, and this isn't something that works for everybody or everybody doesn't have the desire to do, but I really enjoy creating networks mm -hmm. with people and then having those networks operate independently of me where I can walk away and it keeps going. And I'll give you some examples of that. I started a Friday lunch at a local bar restaurant like six years ago that happens every Friday at noon and it's been happening for about six years until, you know, this COVID thing, mm -hmm. you know, they're not letting anybody sit inside, but I started that. And over the past couple of years, I really don't go that much, but it keeps on going. It's mm -hmm. like 15 to 30 people that meet every Friday for lunch. And I'm not even there. And the point was, I never wanted it to revolve around me. I wanted it to be independent so mm -hmm. that people are going there 10 years from now asking, well, how do these lunches get started? Nobody even knows, you know, mm -hmm. that was my goal. I've done the same thing with, I created Maryland Investors Network which is a Facebook group that has, I think, 13 or 14,000 people in it. Mm -hmm. I just, I create these networks. You know, that's one. I've, I've done other ones. I created a thing called the tribes where groups of people meet once a month to discuss their family, their health and their wealth stuff. You know, it's like a self-help thing. Mm -hmm. So that's just something that I've come to enjoy doing. And it's funny because I'm actually like, I grew up as an only child, kind of introverted. So mm -hmm. it's my social skills. I've really had to work on them because you know, when you grow up as an only child, you don't develop them as well as somebody that has siblings. And so part of being the only child is you're much more independent because mm -hmm. you, know, you have other people around. So you just kind of figure it out for yourself. 
So starting out being really extremely independent and not really having the best social skills of all kind of turned out to be a challenge, but it wasn't, how do I put this? It wasn't something that I wanted, like a, no introvert wants to be an introvert. You know, right. we all need a happy extroverts and everybody loves this and all that stuff. So it does take work. And what I found when I started to establish these networks is that I really enjoy it. Like for the most part, I really like people. Mm-hmm. And I think most people are really decent, good people. And despite all the crap you see on the news and all that, we just hear about the one or 2% that are miserable, you know, but most of us are really decent people. So it's kind of fun to be around them and to, you know, hear about other people's experiences and goals and all that stuff. I love it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So if you wanted to start a new network in any, any niche today, how would you go about, you know, starting that? I mean, is there, would you reach out to someone who's known in that industry and sort of build off of that? Or would you, what would be your process of, of establishing that and it building that? Funny you should say that because I'm about to create a new one right now on a completely unrelated topic. Okay. Um, I want to create one for RVs, recreational vehicles. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand of them on Facebook. I want to create my own because I want to put content on there that is not allowed on the other ones, like links, you know, affiliate links and stuff like that. So that is a network that I'm going to probably create in the next few days. I'm just trying to sit down and figure out a name for it in a way to differentiate it from the other thousand mm-hmm. groups that are out there. So I think Facebook right now, is the way to create a network. I don't care what your topic is. It could be bonsai trees or climbing Mount Everest or whatever. And if you, if the title is relevant, yeah, I don't want to start an RV network and call it Mark's bonsai trees. Nobody's going to find that. Right. Uh, So you want to find a title like Maryland investors network. It's very specific. It's in the Maryland area. We are investors. We are a network. It's so Mm -hmm. anybody that's searching for it, as soon as they see it, it gets their attention. If that's what they're interested in. So that's the first thing I would say. And the benefits are like Facebook is free and you've got a reach, you know, there's a billion people on Facebook. So that's, that's the way I would do it. And, and now do you do advertising or how do you, how do you attract people to that network? Yeah, I don't do any advertising, nothing that I pay for. It's word of mouth. You know, people either do a search and they find it or they, you know, like one of their friends says, Hey, are you a member of the Maryland investors network? And there's times where I've pitched it where, if I speak at Aria or something like that, you know, I'll mention it like, hey, if you're not part of this network, join it. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. And it doesn't cost them anything. And it's a great resource because if people, you know, if they're looking for a plumber or they got a question about, should you put this in your lease or not, then they, they can send that out and thir- potentially 13,000 people can read it. So they're, you know, they should get some decent response. So that's, yeah. that's yeah, pretty much so it's mostly organic. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. 
So talk a little bit about your, your Maryland investor network. What was the genesis for that? I'm assuming you, you had interest in real estate and investing and such. And yeah, that's what it was, was I had already, I've been investing in real estate for about 18 years and I started another wholesaling business and where it, for those of you that aren't familiar, that's where you get properties under contract really cheap and then sell that contract to someone else that buys the house. And I had done very well in that years ago. And I started doing it again with a business partner. And we wanted to create a network of potential buyers, a place where we could advertise our property. So we thought, let's create a Facebook group. We'll call it, we originally called it Baltimore Investors Network. And then about a year ago, we expanded it to become Maryland Investors Network. So it wasn't so local. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to be more inclusive for people that are you know, investing outside of Baltimore City. And also I created a meetup group with a friend called, and we called that Maryland Investors Network Meetup Group. So they kind of went together and gave us a place to advertise our meetup and, and put it in front of 13,000 people at no cost. So mm-hmm. that like it was a no brainer. As far as why we started it, it was pretty much to just create a network of people so that if we had a property under contract, we had a place that we could put it where you know we could get some eyes on it and possibly find a buyer. So that was the mm-hmm. original intention. But here's the, here's the thing with that. That was the intention, but we also wanted to add like a lot more value. Like this isn't just about us selling our properties. If you got a property under contract, like you're free to advertise it there too. This isn't exclusively our page. I mean, we created it, but it's for everybody. Like we're all equal, Mm -hmm. just some are more equal than others where sometimes you have to delete stuff that's not really appropriate and stuff like that. But that was the genesis of it. That's what started it, was just having a place to market properties. Yeah. And it, it, you kind of touched on this uh, just very briefly there, but how do you, how do you admin something like that? Like, how do you, how do you choose what does and doesn't get to, to stay on the site? I mean, obviously if it's off topic, you know, I'm sure that that's gone, but you know, do you have any, any rules that you use to, I don't want to say police, but, but we, I guess best best practices in order to make you know it, it attractive for everyone who's involved. There are a lot of rules and it's at the top. There's an announcement. The biggest one is like self-promotion. Like we don't want to get every plumber and every HVAC tech getting on there and say, hey, I'm your plumber. Call me if you need help. You know, it's like we don't want that because then it just turns into one big spam fest. If somebody says, hey, I need a plumber to replace my sewer line. Plumbers are free to respond. You can have a hundred responses. That's fine. But we only want them responding. We don't want them initiating the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Of course, like no hate speech or bullying or just, you know, being disrespectful to other people is permitted. Uh, advertising properties that have already been renovated is not mm-hmm. I mean, this is an investor's network. If you've got a $700,000 house in Germantown that you just got rehab, like, you know, this isn't the proper format for that. So listed properties aren't permitted. There's some other ones, but those are those are the big ones. And it's too big for me to do alone. So I actually have, you know, there's probably like a dozen other like moderators and admins that I've added to the group that have helped tremendously. Mm-hmm. And and how did you find those people? I've been, how do I put this? Well, I've been doing this for 18 years and mm-hmm. I'm fairly well known in the Baltimore area. I speak at a lot of events and stuff like that because I enjoy helping people. And so a lot of people know who I am and it just kind of works like that. It's, it, this is what I learned a long time ago is that the more people that know you or know me, the more opportunities that come my way. So, 
it's like I want people to know who I am. And I've got a, my reputation is like, man, that's one of my, that and time and my family are my most important assets. Like your reputation and your time in business, your reputation and time are your most valuable assets. So I've got a great reputation. And you know, people, everybody that knows me knows like, I'm, you can trust me 100%. I don't play games. I don't, you know, nothing like that. I wish everybody the best. I want to see everybody do well. And when you operate like that and you're successful, you know, people are going to be attracted to you and, and they're going to want to know you. And uh, I've met a lot of amazing, wonderful people in this business. And, and I got to tell you, I mean, Facebook, like, you know, we all rag on Facebook, myself included a lot, but I've made a lot of really good friends on Facebook that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise from all different walks of life. You know, it's not just mm -hmm. about people that look like me that grew up where I grew up. It's, you know, I've got friends from a whole lot of different countries and religions and everything. And it's just, it's really an amazing resource for connecting and building bridges with people if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, absolutely makes sense. What would you say some of the common mistakes people make when they are, you know, creating their network or, you know, even when you, when you think about it, a, a business is basically a network, you know, when you're, when you're creating your business, you're, you're reaching out and you're trying to serve people and provide a service to people. You're, you know, you're, you're connecting people and you're serving people, you know, pretty well in the same type of way. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see people making when they're trying to set out, you know, setting up one of these networks or, or, you know, marketing their business? I think that the biggest mistake, and, I've, and I'm guilty of this myself, is not thinking of the long game. I was thinking of the short game. What can I do today to help me Friday? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to start thinking, what can I do today that's going to help me for the next 100 Friday? And it seems like, it, and that doesn't just apply to networks. It applies to a lot of things in life, whether it's your health or, you know, paying your bills or anything like that. The longer term, I think the more successful I become with the networks specifically. Here's the great example. And I'm going to use real estate again, because that's the business I'm in. I've got a property under contract. I can market this contract to someone and I can milk it. I mean, I can squeeze every penny out and maybe I can make $10,000 or I can say, you know what? I'm going to make 6,000 on this. That's enough for me. Mm -hmm. If you do it like that, people will keep coming back to you and buying from you. Mm -hmm. If you milk it and get to 10, the next time you get a property on a contract, you call that guy. It's probably like, nah, the last one I ever paid for that. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're thinking too short term. You got to think long term, like make a little bit less money, but you create these relationships because if I've got a property on a contract, I want to be able to make three or four phone calls and sell it. I don't want to have to advertise for two weeks and keep finding new buyers because I milked the last hundred contracts I sold. Mm -hmm. So that, I would say that that's one of the, the biggest mistakes that people make is just thinking very short term. How much can I make on this? I'm going to make every penny I possibly can. And then they kind of, I don't want to say maybe they don't burn the bridges, in the process of doing that, but they make their future business dealings with their customers a lot more difficult. Yeah, that makes sense. So since we are sort of hopefully on the back end of this, this COVID event, do you see any impacts on the real estate market that are starting to, to show through, you know, what, what may happen as far as foreclosures are concerned or anything like that? Are you seeing any type of data or, or trends in any direction one way or the other? Yeah, right now the market's still strong and it's everything's local with real estate. So it could be strong in one area and in weeks somewhere else. It could be related to COVID. It could be because some giant factory closed down. 
as far as the, just the general real estate thing goes, I think that the market's still good. I mean, people that aren't working, a lot of them are making more money than they were when they were working. Mm -hmm. You know, the banks, you know, the interest rates are still like really low. You know, the, the terms are really good. So if you're going to buy, like now's a great time to do it. Don't try to time the housing market. It's like trying to time the stock market. You're probably going to lose. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, waiting, you know, five years to, for the prices to come down, you just spent five years paying somebody else's mortgage. So it's like, that's not really a, a good strategy in my mind. I'm sorry. I lost track of my thoughts. No stuff going on. In my head. Yeah, no, all good. All good. Yeah. I, I just uh, was curious to see if you had any insights into the real estate market, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah the, there's one thing I want to mention. The, the, the biggest impact is going to be on uh, landlords you know, especially the commercial and retail spaces, because as you see, I mean, this isn't necessarily a COVID thing, but you know, Amazon and internet shoppings put a lot of, put a lot of bricks and sticks, you know, bricks and mortar retail establishments out of business. Mm -hmm. This is going to be something that's really going to speed that up because if they're already just getting by and then they got to shut down for three months, but they got to keep paying their bills and their own family stuff and all then that's, that's a recipe for disaster. And I think that also, with a lot of the commercial stuff like office space and stuff like that, like a lot of these businesses now have been forced to uh, work around this pandemic and create these situations where a lot of their employees can work from home. Mm -hmm. And I think that that a lot of these businesses are going to see like, you know, a big cost savings from that. Like, man, if we don't have to, you know, rent a 10,000 square foot office space, we can cut it down to a 3000 square foot office space even though we might lose 15 or 20% of the productivity from people because they're working at home and doing their nails and doing their dishes and everything else while they're supposed to be working, even though we're going to take a slight, you know, maybe 15, 20% loss in productivity, that's going to be offset by the gains they make from not having to lease so much space. So I, I think that the commercial, you know, and the retail and the office space is going to be impacted by this more than anything else because people always need a place to live. I don't care what happens in the economy, what happens with a pandemic, people have to have a place to live. And for me, just for my own business, I've built my own business so that it's recession proof. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't impacted me at all. That's, that's a whole different topic, but, but that's my general thoughts on the real estate under in today's market. That's fantastic. Excellent. So, so you mentioned that you're, you're coming up in the next couple of days, actually, with the, uh, with the next Facebook group. What, what's next? What's past that? What's the 100 Friday goal at this point that now, you have that you're, that you're working on? And now you're going to get me really excited. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> All I'm thinking about, my wife and I, we just bought an RV. And it's a pretty big one. It's like 40 feet. And we tow a car behind it. And our goal is three years from now, my wife's going to retire. She's a nurse. She's mm -hmm. going to retire. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to just RV around the country for a few years until we you know, get bored with it. And then we're going to buy a house. I live in Maryland now. We're going to buy a house on the Gulf Coast of Florida, somewhere between like Sarasota and Naples. Mm -hmm. And we also, we own a condominium in the Cayman Islands. So we're looking forward to that. You know, Spending just, more time there. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just doing, you know, just traveling, just doing whatever, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be set up well enough where we can live a, a very good life. So. And you'll, and you'll, you'll still continue on, you know, building the online Facebook networks and Facebook groups and all of that. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. I mean, but it, it'll be, it won't be like business related, like the real estate stuff, because the, the truth is the real estate has created a tremendous amount of wealth for my family and myself and a really good income. 
and we're going to be selling most of it. You know, it's like, I've got a little over a hundred rental units. Now we're going to sell probably 80 of them and have somebody else manage the other 20 and then just take off. And, yeah. Uh, that's great. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mark, this has been great. Um, you know, thanks for being on the show and I wish you nothing but success and good luck on the, uh, building the new RV network. Well, actually one, one last thing, if people wanted to, to reach out to you, and learn more about you or anything that you're working on, how would they want to do that? I just do that? send me an email or go, I got a website, markowens.com. My email is mark at markowens.com. It's Mark with a K. There is, can I add something else? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, because this is something that I, I just actually did a Facebook video recently on my coaching page about this. And it's just something that I want to mention. If you're an entrepreneur, like this is what happens. Like in the beginning of your business, like expect to work your ass off, expect to work maybe 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And when you're doing that, the smart thing to do is, is like, how do I put this? Don't live up to your income. Like if you're used to making a hundred, now you're making 200, keep living like you're making a hundred, actually keep making, living like you're making 80 and take all that money and hang on to it because, you know, business goes up and down. You know, we have feast or famine. And when it's a lot of times people make the mistake of when they're feasting, they spend all that money. And then when the famine comes, we're like, shit, you know, we got this big mortgage, we got this big car payment, we got two big car payments and we got no money in the bank and then they're screwed. And that's when the foreclosures happen and all that other dumb stuff. So my advice to people is expect to work your ass off. Think long-term, ignore the naysayers because there are going to be people that tell you, Oh, there's already, you know, too many snowball stands. You're not going to make any money with that. You're not going to make any money. If you buy apartment buildings, you can't buy houses with no money out of your pocket. Don't listen to those people. They don't know what they're talking about. The, the same people that are telling you that are going to be telling you that you're lucky 10 years from now when you're having an amazing business and an amazing life. So don't pay any attention to those people. Don't spend your money on BS. And what I mean by that, and I'm usually talking to guys about this, you know, it's easy when you're 25 years old, if you, you know, do something in business and you make 20, 30, $40,000, it's like real easy to run in and get a new BMW or something like that. So don't do it because the truth is the only people that are impressed by that are poor people. Poor people that got money don't care about your car. They don't care about your thing. They don't care about your watch. The only people that care about that are poor people. That's, they're the only people you're impressing. And by doing that, the only thing you're doing is ensuring that you're probably going to stay poor longer than you have to. So just avoid that stuff. It's hard. I know it is because I like nice cars, but just, you know, it's, it's the discipline. So expect to work your ass off, discipline, think long-term. And the most important thing that I mentioned before is man, maintain your reputation at all costs. It, no matter what, because that, you know, it can take you 50 years to build a great reputation and one bad deal to ruin it. So protect it at all costs. Yeah. Great. Great words of wisdom there completely agree i've unfortunately i've gone down the path to where i spent money that i shouldn't have and you know impressing the people that i thought i needed to impress and you're absolutely yeah, no, right it all I, it all falls apart but uh you know that we all you know we all do i mean we all it's just learning from our mistakes mm-hmm. we've all done that I, you know it's like i'm not god my wife keeps a list of all my mistakes <laughs> it's like you know believe me she'll go she'll whip it out and, you know june 7th <laughs> 1983 in high school, you know, it's like, but, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't beat myself over, over that as long as we learn from it. It's when Absolutely. you keep thing over and over again, it's like, come on, man, I just need to get slapped. I should start a slapping business where when you mess up and you think you need to be slapped, just pay me and I'll come slap you. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, that's great. That's great. Well, Mark, this has been, this has been fantastic. I certainly appreciate the time and uh, we will be in touch over the, over the interwebs here. All right. Have a nice night. You too. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.